Welcome to chapter two. You came back. Came back. Welcome back. This, Welcome I'm excited back. that we got. This is episode two, chapter two. This is the episode that's after the first one, right? I if think, you have, as far as canonically, yes. Okay. It, it happens sequentially. And what right. are they listening to again? This is the Big Fiction Energy Podcast. Thanks for reminding me of that. Welcome. I should have said that first. I got you. Um, I do want to say, that being chapter two, if you haven't listened to chapter one yet, go listen to that first. Enjoy it immensely, yeah. and then come back and listen right. to this one. Yeah. I listened to them that way, and I felt that was the order to probably do it in. Right. I feel like that's the way I wrote it, and I think right. it makes the most sense to follow the story I get the same that. way. I get that. Yeah. It was a risk, but I think, it, I think it turned out well. Yep. It's not like The Witcher. Things are all over the place. Correct. It goes pretty much, sequ- you know, like you said, chronologically. Yeah. Uh, so welcome to Big Fiction Energy. This is Chapter 2 of Lainey, The Girl Without Fear. Um, I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are sitting here. in the basement. Here we while are. While the laundry's going. Podcast basement. Yeah. So this is a big chapter, right? Because we meet Lonnie's parents. Yeah. We also talk to them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there are a few new characters introduced uh, coming from chapter one. Uh, we meet Hoshi and Lenore, Lanny's parents. Um,. We get a little bit more sense of what the world is like. I believe we meet the mongers. I believe so. Which Let's are not give uh, any spoilers. Right. Yeah. Well, if you're listening, you don't know what they are yet. You'll find out. <laughs> They're um, the little uh, plastic bits on the end of like drawstrings on sweatshirts. <laughs> or uh, shoelaces are called mongers. Are mongers. <laughs> They're a very big part of this chapter. It's shockingly important. Uh, so, thanks for for stopping. I hope you enjoyed chapter two. Uh, we'll be back at the end. Is there a, like a web a web browser um, <laughs> site that we could go to on the World Wide Web? On the yeah, on that one. Yeah, come go check out uh, dancoleauthor.com. This is the home of the uh, the podcast here. Um, I think we mentioned before we can get some merch there. We got my logo, uh, that kind of stuff. You also check out on Facebook. Um, Facebook.com slash Dan Cole author on Twitter. The handle's at IceDan underscore HDH, which I feel like I should probably just get a new one and, and do a new handle. But that's what I don't it is think for you now. Just get a new one. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like you're married to your Twitter. Yeah. I've been building it for, I actually put a bit of work into trying to build up a followership there, so I kind of don't want to start that over. So check it out on Twitter. Um, otherwise, enjoy chapter two. Enjoy the show. Enjoy it. Chapter two Consequences. So how is school today, dear? Lainey's mother asked during dinner. Behind everyone, the skyline of Gaul could be seen through their large, tinted window. The setting sun cast all of their high-rises in shadow, their sharp, slender forms creating a picturesque scene of orange and black, perfectly fitting for the autumn night. Yeah, it was all right. Lainey nearly choked on her solidified protein. Her surprise at the question made the food catch in her throat. Dinner was always a time of silent contemplation, Trying to be thankful for living in a safe city within the walls. The fact that her mother inquired about her day caught Lanny off guard. Just all right? Her father said with a raised eyebrow. Were you there all day? Brutus said there was an incident on the way home today. Yeah, I was there. What did Brutus tell you about the way home? Why don't we hear your version of the story? Lanny bit her lower lip and looked back and forth to the stoic faces of her parents. 
They had the same swarthy complexion, black hair, and almond-shaped eyes as Lanny, but none of the hidden excitement for life. Their eyes betrayed their fear, always sneaking a look out the window for whatever could be out there. Lanny wished, again, that Brutus was allowed at the, di- allowed at the dinner table, instead of his small, attached apartment. Well, you see, there was this goblin. You were in the dregs again, weren't you? Well, you see, Jork has... Jork sounds like an orc name. What if we told you about those... those things? Jork is not a thing. He's an orc. Sweet. Her father looked at her over his small glasses. He is less than. He only wants to fatten you up to eat you when he gets a chance. Those tusks are only good for one thing. People like you are the reason orcs have to live in the dregs. Lainey stood up from the table and cried out. Jork is nice, and it was going to give me a free sweet nectar. I like it down there more than up here. Oh, and I didn't stay at school all day. I jumped again. Her mother and father looked at her with wide-eyed astonishment. Go to your room, and you'll be staying in there until school starts again. You'll enjoy the weekend under house arrest. On Grey Day, Brutus will escort you and stay in all of your classes to make sure you stay. I will call the precept tonight. You will learn to do what is expected of you someday. Honestly, Lanny, have you learned nothing at school? Her mother asked as Lanny stomped out of the room. You should know better than to take these awful risks. Don't these things scare you? Well, they should. Lanny stood in her bedroom, gazing out of the window at the familiar view. The reinforced transparent material allowed Lanny to overlook a large swath of Gaul. The other immense buildings spread out in all directions. Their flat, reflective sides shone with the wan orange light of the setting sun. In moments, even the high-rises would be cast in terrifying darkness as the sun dropped below the outer walls of Gaul, kilometers away. Lanny could see the edge of her world from her 112th floor apartment. The top of the wall was studded with huge ballista emplacements periodically. Lanny had never seen them used, but heard they were instrumental in keeping the city safe from flying monsters from the wilds. She watched the sun and thought about the events of the day, how she wasn't afraid of Grobin, how Brutus was. Lanny shrugged and corrected her thought. Brutus wasn't afraid of the goblin, but afraid of what could have happened. Lanny shook her head. Her frock of flaming red hair fell back in place away from her eye. Lanny noticed, now for the first time, that all the other windows she could see were dark. Everyone else had their curtains drawn, blinds closed, or windows simply blacked out. Monsters couldn't make the climb of Gaul's massive wall from the wilds beyond, but no one else was taking any chances. Lainey didn't care, though. She wanted to see the sun, the sky. She hated that she could see the wall, the ugly hundred-meter-tall bulwark of corroded metal, but wouldn't trade her view of the sky for anything. The sun finally set beyond the wall, and her world was cast into darkness. The sky was black as ink. Only a few dim stars could be seen, impossibly far away. Lainey moved to her bed, picked up her favorite book on ancient wars that no one else cared about anymore, when a knock came from her door. Unless you're Brutus, I don't want to talk now. She said loud enough to be heard on the other side of the door. You don't have a choice. A strange voice said through the door before it was flung open. A terrifying figure stalked into the room. Its face was covered by a metallic skull mask, long teeth stuck out of a lipless mouth. Its eyes glowed a deep red, tendrils of long hair, or possibly tentacles, spilled out from the head behind the mask. 
The figure was covered in black fabric and body armor and had a miasma of black smoke and clawing bits of floating debris curled around the boots and legs of the figure. The fearmonger, or monger for short as it had to be, stepped into Lainey's room, towering over her on the bed. Lainey, the girl who was scared of nothing, held the gaze of the monger. Everyone knew the tales of mongers who came into houses at night to steal people away. Lainey sweat, cried silent tears, and nearly wet herself all at once in the presence of the monger, physical responses that didn't properly attest to her stubborn lack of fear of the thing in the, her room. The miasma flowing into her room seemed to force her body to act as if it were terrified, but Lainey defied the powers of the monger in her mind and sneered at it. You were reported skipping school and endangering the lives of passers-by. This is a serious offense. You are lucky my superior told me this is your first real infraction, and you're only sixteen, a minor. These are the only reasons I am not taking you tonight. He stuck a clawed finger out at her. You will report to school on Grey Day, and you will remain there until you are excused by instructors. I will be keeping an eye on you. This is your only warning. Do not forget, the fearmongers take our job seriously, not like your worthless minotaur. With that, the monger disappeared through her door, though the stench of his miasma remained. Lainey sat in bed. Her face was wet with sweat, tears, and snot. She never thought of anything like that would happen to her. She wiped an arm across her face to clean off the tears. She was done crying. Lainey was not afraid, especially not now that the monger was gone. Instead of being afraid, she was furious. She cleared her nose with a sleeve and looked at the doorway. Lainey couldn't believe her own parents would call the mongers on her. They were known to do more than to try to scare people. She could have taken her away, never to be seen again. Lainey cried tears of anger at her parents. They were the worst kinds of people, she thought, always afraid like everyone else here. They only cared about themselves, about how much money they had or their social status. She wondered, not for the first time, why they even had her. They clearly hated being parents. Brutus did all the actual parenting anyway. Eventually she fell asleep, her pillow hot and wet from tears. But she was never afraid. That's it. I'm done. Lainey thought to herself early the next morning. I'm getting out of here one way or another. Lainey sat curled up in bed. She hardly slept all night, thinking about how much she hated Gaul. Her only issue was where to go. Citizens, especially humans, were not allowed outside the wall of Gaul. It was common knowledge that it was for their own safety, but Lainey had spent much time in the dregs, heard mutterings of the truth. People were not allowed to leave to keep them in check, keep them afraid of what was beyond. At this point, she wasn't even allowed out of her room. There was a knock on the door, quiet and gentle. Come on in, Brutus. The door opened slowly to reveal the silhouette of Lainey's friend and bodyguard. I heard what happened last night. I was a little suspicious when your parents said I was done for the night. I had no idea. He trailed away as he looked down to the floor. It's not your fault. There's nothing you could do against a monger anyway. Not without getting taken yourself. Brutus sat on the bed and put a huge hand on Lainey's shoulder. She stopped shivering immediately. Lainey hadn't even noticed she was shivering. She breathed a sigh of relief and steeled herself. I'm leaving. She announced as she looked into Brutus's blue eyes. Where will you go? The dregs? Maybe at first, but I'm leaving Gaul. There are other cities out there, right? Other walls to keep the monsters out. I can make it. I'm strong and tough. <laughs> you sure are. Strong. And tough. I've been training you in the art of Kuri so you can defend yourself for years. But the wilds... Brutus looked away and out Lainey's window. 
The wilds are called that for a reason. So few are able to survive out there. Gaul's also surrounded by these walls to keep us all safe. Didn't you come from the wilds? Brutus looked back into her eyes at that question. How did you know that? I've been poking around in Dad's study forever. There's lots that I know that I shouldn't. Where do you think I got the Tonto? True. You never do follow rules. Brutus looked away again in silence, thinking. Well, if you do go, then I'm obviously coming with you. Oh, Brutus, I can't ask you to do that. You have a good job here. You seem happy. You are my job here. If you go, I'll be living in the dregs in hours. There's no other kind of work for a minotaur up here. Lanny stopped to think at that. Nurk, you're right. Well, if you insist, when do we go? Where are we going? I'll work on the when and how. You dig around in that study some more. Maybe you'll find some information that can give us a direction. I think if we find a close enough city, we could make it there if we're fast enough. I can't believe you're agreeing with me, Brutus. I thought I'd have to go into how much I hate it here, how cooped up I feel, like I just don't belong. Lanny, I've been your bodyguard your entire life. I already knew all that. I've honestly been waiting for you to say something like this. I have some ideas already. Lanny bounced up and gave Brutus the biggest hug she could, which mostly wrapped around one arm. Brutus smiled across his entire bull face. The door creaked louder than the stomp of a thunder hoof. Lanny winced as she slipped into the study in the near pitch black of night. She tiptoed across the room to the giant desk. Data pads and quills dotted the landscape. The view screen of her parents' comp was retracted into the desk. Lanny wasn't about to turn that on, though. The light of that would make it too obvious someone was in the study. Her parents should be fast asleep, but she never knew when one would get a moment of inspiration and have to duck into the study to write or record. Having parents that were famous on the views for their quick wit and charming demeanor was strange to Lanny. She never experienced it at home, where her parents were much more stifling than they were to viewers. Lanny crossed the room swiftly and surely. Her steps were light, the balls of her feet gently touching the floor, her heels keeping their distance. She crept around the desk, thinking where to look. Brutus must know something, or else why did he suggest I look here? She checked the top drawer, the one right above where your legs go. There were plenty of quills, slates, and random stationery, but nothing that looked important. She made her way through the rest of the drawers until she was discouraged. One thing did catch her eye, though. An older data pad had the script of a pilot program about a young girl. Lanny thought for a moment that girl could have been loosely based on her. After half an hour of searching, Lanny decided to check the cupboards that lined the walls of the room. She shrugged and thought she might as well go for broke while she was in here already. The first cupboard had a box that Lanny had never seen before. An old box made of a strange material that may have once held a new pair of shoes? The material was not hard like plastic or metal. She could hard, she could easily bend it with her fingers. It smelled of strange, musty odor. Not strong, but enough to notice. Lanny shrugged and lifted the top of the box to find something peculiar. The box was filled with old paper, something of a rarity in Gaul. Lanny felt her heart beating faster as she pawed through the box. Something told her that she was going to find important information in this strange box. The papers were odd. They were envelopes filled with other papers. The writing was done with a black ink, but didn't seem to match the handwriting of her mother or father. While looking at the notes, Lanny realized something amazing. They were letters. Letters from somewhere that wasn't Gaul. Lanny snatched one from the envelope to read it. Dear Lenore, I'm so excited to hear of your little one. I cannot wait for the day they finish the road to Gaul and I can visit. 
I hope this letter finds you all in good health. Things are getting better here in Dron. The last section of the wall that was destroyed by a thunderhoof has finally been repaired, so we are all breathing a little easier these days. The primal slums have bounced back as we all figured they would. Luckily, they are all outside of the city now. I'm sorry for the short correspondence this time, but there is not much new on this end. I'm so excited for you. I do hope to hear what you decide to call the little one soon. Much love, your sister, Lanny. Lanny sat and stared at the letter long enough that her left foot fell asleep. I have an aunt that I'm named after. What is this drawn? What road? I hope she's okay. Thoughts were blazing through Lanny's head so fast that she never heard the door open, never saw the light flood in from the hall. What are you doing out of your room, young lady? Lanny's father, Lenore, stood in the doorway, and he could not have looked less impressed. So, Tim gave us a little bit of a bait-and-switch there about mongers. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. It was pretty close. <laughs> you were close. Um, what, did it, what did our uh, actors here think of the mongers? The fear um, mongers. I feel like if they were going to kind of coax an emotion out of somebody, <laughs> they would really kind of monger fear. <laughs> if I If I had to put words on it. Oh, you're... Critiques are always mind-numbing, Tim. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, wow. I mean, mind-enlightening. <laughs> it lightens your mind. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Because it feels numb. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's terrifying just to think about for a second that if you are a dick to your parents, and not even, like, Lonnie wasn't particularly unpleasant, right? but your dad could just call a fear monger to scare the... <laughs> Out of you, yeah, in your bedroom while you're trying to sleep. Right, it's a little bit of a terrifying premise. Yeah, teen girl who's a small person. Dude just like walks in and starts like spewing his fear dust emotes or oh, whatever. I, I really like the 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 fear. I like I the mean, fear emotes. It's super cool. Yeah, just that whole idea that they like amp up how scary they are. It's like, oh hey, here's a, a hooded man in a mask in my bedroom. Not scary enough. Let's just uh, feed off those like pheromones, basically. Right. Also, you can't breathe, so your body freaks out. Um, no, I think they're cool. I think everything is in this cool, I, but I, I think they're it. especially cool. Um, but yeah, just the idea that your own parents can can call these guys on you, just yeah, to, just to just scare you. Point, yeah. And that's that's their job. Like they they're, they're fear mongers because fear keeps people in check, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of funny. An initial uh, earlier draft of this. Lanny was like scared to pieces by this thing, and what? And I was like, well, "She's the girl without fear." That doesn't make sense. The yeah. whole thing was that she was supposed to, like this was the one thing she was afraid of, right. and then she was gonna like bounce back from it. And I was like, "No, don't like that. Change it. She's just gonna be like concerned." Well, I mean, and I like that she still has a physical response. Like you can't help that that right. your body like physically. It's like if you get maced, like you might not be afraid <laughs> of getting maced, but like your eyes are still gonna water and you're still gonna have snot dripping in your mouth. Right, like that. Like I think at one point it says she's she cries silent tears. That's like she can't help but but right. have that happen. Yeah. But she's not actually afraid. She's more yeah. angry. It's like any woman when you tell her she's wrong, and she just wants to kill you, and she starts crying, and you think. It's because you told her she was wrong, but she's just trying to, like, internalize her rage so she doesn't go to jail. You're not speaking from experience, right? <laughs> never. <laughs> never me. No. I had a, a, a really 
cool thought. Oh no. Um, I lost it. Oh no. Oh no. It's going to come real. back, I think. <laughs> It'll be back. Uh, oh, yeah, just to how complicated would it be for a title of a book to have an asterisk after a girl without fear? Except that one time. Subtitle. <laughs> except, you know, in chapter two when she talks about fear monger. That's why I changed it. And it yeah. was one of those where I looked at it and I was like, I kind of like this, but it just doesn't make sense. So I got rid of it. Yeah. And now. It just, like I said, it makes her more uncomfortable than everything, than anything, and she gets mad about it instead. Right. But she's also smart enough to know that she's not just going to, like, throw herself at this monster and try to fight it. I feel like it would almost be just a, I, I don't know, more confusing or, or more fear-mongery, but if they spoke out of, like, a fast food drive through speaker? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, we... We use highly sophisticated techniques to get that amazing monger voice. Mm. Here at Big um, Fiction Energy. Yeah. We, we spare no expense. <laughs> yeah, spare no expense. Um, <laughs> because, like, half, you know, most of their face is covered by the skull mask, and then, like, half of their mouth is. You only see the bottom half of their mouth when they talk anyway. So, like, Do they yeah, have it would be kind of not perfectly clear. Upper jaws. Do they have teeth on, on the upper part of their mouth? Or is it only? You see the. Is that the scary part? The skull mask know? has oh. teeth. Covering the top half of his oh. mouth, so I, we, do they yeah. have cow Lainey teeth? doesn't know, or do they not they have cow have teeth? teeth. Right. <laughs> no, qu- bigger question is: Does Brutus have cow teeth? Since he's a bull, Minotaur, huh? Hmm. Does he have teeth on the top? Has Brutus eaten anything in the story? So Nobody far will. Yet? He, he will, will. Yeah. There is some taco food. Okay. Not for a while. Some taco well, food. Taco talk food. of food. Oh, he definitely <laughs> doesn't eat tacos. No. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Brutus is a vegetarian wow. because he's. A bull. Gotcha. Man. He doesn't eat bull man. Bull a minotaur. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about. I just want to talk about the fearmongers a little bit yeah. because I think they're one of the the cooler things and they're pretty important to the story. For real. Yeah. Um, for those who they're gonna you know keep on listening and see what happens with them and Lanny and all that. Um, so as usual, let us know what you think. Um, email me if you want. Icedan22 at gmail.com I-C-E-D-A-N 22 at gmail.com uh, Facebook.com slash DanColeAuthor uh, DanColeAuthor.com uh, You can go there, check it out. Uh, I've got a blog. I keep forgetting to mention that in the intros. Um, the blog there, um, hopefully it's updated every other week. Uh, that's the plan at this point. And the blog is super cool because it talks not only about this story, but also other stories and stuff that that you've got in development. Yeah, like the know. hundred dollar heroes. <clears throat> yeah, love them. Very cool. Almost went with that as our first thing for the blog, but that one wasn't quite as well polished as Lanny, so we decided yeah. to do Lanny first. But hopefully, in the after the twenty or so episodes Lanny takes, we'll do hundred dollar heroes because I love them, my superheroes. Out of out of all the superhero books that I haven't written, um, <laughs> it is easily one of the best superhero stories that you have written. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I just finished writing $100 Heroes 2, so that means a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know which one I like better yet. Um, so up next is Chapter 3. Whoa. 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 Crazy. That's, yeah. Um, Look at us. I was going to say what it's called, but I can't remember the name off the top of my head. I could shuffle Is that Compunctions? Chapter 3, Compunctions? Really and figure it out. Yeah, and there's new papers around while we're recording. It's a great idea. Yeah. Here's um, the good news. It's so yeah, weird. So. Tim usually loves everything digital, except this he wants it printed. I don't like reading uh, <laughs> off of uh, screens. Oh, fair. 
I never because uh, I, I get distracted. This is like chapter five. Well, or your six. papers are all over the place. Oh yeah. Where well, are you? That's the best way to read it. Is one page from a chapter. I'm ninety nine point eight percent sure chapter three is called compunctions, which is coming up. So basically, what Tim did with those papers, he had them in a folder, and he was that meme of the guy who was like, mm, "F this, I don't need this anymore." And he threw it in the air, and then he was like, "Wait, it's only Thursday." Here's the. There's <laughs> there more paper. Folder. Oh, that's, <laughs> that folder's full of pronouns of an RPG we played once and never gotcha. will again. Probably. Gotcha. I mean, like most RPGs. It's not even mine. It belongs to Chad. So, thank you for listening. Don't forget to <laughs> rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Help us gain in popularity. If you're a sponsor and you're looking for people to do sponsor ads, we'll totally shout you, know, you out. No yeah. problem. Yeah, Just we'll do ad reads. Meat undies. Canine uh, Krispies. Yeah, Canine Krispies. <laughs> Crunchies uh, from the Under One Dalmatians, I was thinking. Cookie Crisp, I know, sponsors Cookie a lot of podcasts, yes, probably. I just, just send us the product. Um, I hope that's not trademark, what I just did. Noom. Ooh. Oh, Noom? yeah, Noom. Noom, yeah, it's yep. like a... I feel like I've been getting emails for that. I don't know. It was like weight loss thing, isn't it? I got another email for like women's health for the twelve hundred calorie day diet. That's crazy. That's I like am no not food. A human. It's twelve hundred of them. That's like that. three slices that's, of pizza. That's not stop with pizza. That's <laughs> not enough food. Anyway, um, but Noom is great. Um, <laughs> Noom is great. If, you're, if you work for Noom and you're listening, yeah. then you know, let us... Simply Safe, Purple Mattress, Casper oh, Mattress. <laughs> All those yeah. things we usually hear ads uh, Mattresses. Zip Recruiter. Yep. Hiring um, Made Easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a free one. <laughs> I can't remember what ones I usually hear on the podcast I listen to because I just skip them. Uh, Dollar Shave Club. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I used to get those. The Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest, yeah. Butcher Box. Oh, Butcher Box. Uh, we used to get that, too. We used yeah. to get Butcher Box. So, I mean, you already have customers here on hand that could talk greatly about your right. product. Yeah, yeah, For yeah. Real. Just um, let us know. Nothing but good things to Sponsor say. Sponsor us that In way. a very succinct and sophisticated way. Yeah. Is that what we, we do on this podcast? We huh? do. Doo-doo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I said> doo-doo. <laughs> That's a perfect place to end it. Uh, yeah, come back next time. Chapter 3 is compunctions. We'll see what that means. I don't know. Before you go, I need to mention something I forgot. In Chapter 1, it's a big deal. I want to make a shout-out to Sirenscape, which is the app I've been using for the sound effects and music, and they make a great product. Um, I, like I said, I meant to shout it out. I'm going to do that every episode, uh, get them a little heads up, um, but just if you play RPGs or if you're thinking of doing your own podcast or anything like that, they have all kinds of cool sound effects, music, um, voices and things like this, very cool stuff, um, Sirenscape, uh, I think it's S-R-Y-N-scape, um, they got a website too, you can do this stuff right on your laptop or desktop, whatever it might be, um, but I want to make sure I gave them a little shout out before you were done here, um, so like I said before, I'll see you next time for chapter 3 in two weeks. Bye bye.